We're back with another edition of the Federalist Radio Hour. I'm Emily Jashinsky, culture editor here at The Federalist. As always, you can email the show at radio at thefederalist.com. Follow us on Twitter at FDRLST. Make sure to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts and, of course, to the premium version of our website as well. Happy to be joined today by the one and only Christopher Bedford, executive editor over at the Common Sense Society. Chris, I want to start by asking you about your Thanksgiving as you are the consummate chef. How'd it go? It was awesome. Yeah. Maybe the best turkey I've yet cooked. Why do you think that was? I got it in a great brine. Um, my wife made me consider what I was doing, stop and think about it for a second, which I'm not used to. First and Thanksgiving as a married couple. Yep, first Thanksgiving as a married couple. And she said, hey, why don't you try to blend the spices I'm going to be using in the gravy with the spices you're using on the brine and the rub? And She's a wild Whoa. woman. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, I just usually do my thing. And it was great. And also, I was reading uh, food blogs, and they suggested that drop the turkey in at a lower temperature than usual. You know, you, you want to cook uh, fry at a high temperature, but drop it in at around 250, and you won't it won't blacken the mm. way that fried turkeys often do, because usually a fried turkey is just not as pretty as a yeah. turkey. And it made a big difference. It made it much prettier. And I also put the rosemary and thyme and salt and brown sugar and hot sauce rub in the butter and mixture that I injected. I fear you just gave away your uh, brine recipe. It's not a secret. I steal it from other people. (laughs) I'm not a scientist. I don't know what brining is. I just know it's delicious. Chris Bedford, not a scientist. (laughs) I'm a tech executive, but not a scientist. (laughs) Yes. Um, And Sarah's mom was over for this one. So I got to get the definitive, this is the best turkey I've ever had, which pushed back against Sarah's idea that she knows a secret way (laughs) that's different and better that I'll never let her. Actually, I I conceded that I will someday, one Thanksgiving, let her cook the turkey. But she's in charge of all the sides, all the decoration, did a wonderful job, tablescapes, never heard of a tablescape. Phenomenal. Uh, You've never heard of a tablescape. I'm telling you, you guys have to watch Below Deck. You would you would love Below Deck. It's a Is little a bit for men, show? a little bit for women. For the men, yes, it's on Bravo. And I don't think I've revealed on this podcast that I've spent... There are like 14 seasons from all of the different franchises. And it's really the one rabbit... It? It's the one Bravo rabbit hole I never went down. But it's about the crew of Mega Yachts. And I went around last January. I had finished The Americans and desperately needed to uh, stay in the the binge ritual because it had become such a soothing part of my night. And we went with Below Deck. I was so skeptical because I love all of the other Bravo fare too much. I'm very loyal. You didn't want to get hurt. Didn't want to get hurt. And man, I am... I have... The, the hours. I don't know that I could count. I've actually tried to add up how many hours in the last year I've spent watching Below Deck. It's incredible. I've seen every single episode, but it's uh, it's the perfect... Does this shock you, dear listener, that <laughs> Emily spends a lot of time watching television, drinking wine? I hope wine. it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. You know I'm not a big wine person, but I will say... It has a little for men and a little for women. It's the perfect couple show because <laughs> the men get to watch the like actually kind of fascinating machinations of running a mega yacht. Uh, so, so that side of the brain is absolutely satisfied. The women, you get to deal with the emotional uh, aspects of the crew trying to get along. So it's the perfect, again, perfect couple show. I don't um, watch TV unless I'm forced to. But and tablescaping is a big part of it. She's got the middle runners that mm-hmm, go down mm-hmm, it and mm-hmm. matching tablecloths and napkins and Thanksgiving 
uh, cloth rings. And, and my only request to her in all of this was buy American. <laughs> Good luck. Like, we don't need a table runner from China that it's says a, thankful. All of the table runners. Well, it turns out there's this old woman in D.C. who makes them. Oh, wow. Like knits them and stitches them. And they're, it's, I think, a side gig on top of her social security. And it's like a... Uh, a hundred dollars or something. So it's tw twice as much as a Chinese one, but it's a handmade one by an American in DC that doesn't feel weird when it says thankful. It's like and 10 it, times as much as a Chinese If you leave your cigarette one. on it, it's like not going to catch on fire. Like it's, you know, it's those weird plastic <laughs> You leave fumes. your cigarette on it. You don't smoke at Thanksgiving? Uh, no, but I have to say you're, you're a great- product built America. You are a great wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Thanksgiving was good. How, how was yours? It was good. I think also one of the best turkeys. Uh, my dad does the turkey. It was fantastic. My mom does the sides. Great sides. Uh, I made sweet potatoes, which I usually do. Nobody else likes them except for myself I love sweet and my potatoes. uncle. Yeah, I'm a big sweet potato right. person. But anyway. When did you start drinking? At, on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Later. Later? Yeah, I, I went out with a friend the night before uh, to a lovely establishment in uh, Neshota, Wisconsin. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. See, I, I, I texted two friends at like 1030, 1130 in the morning. And said, if it's socially acceptable to have a Bloody Mary right now, why not a Cape Cotter? <laughs> and one of them responded, already down one. Oh, of course. So I decided, you know what? If Josh is drinking, yeah. then I'll start drinking. And I actually, I just kind of steadily drank throughout the day and mm -hmm. didn't binge or anything. Mm -hmm. But the next day, I did feel like over the course of 15 hours, I'd smoked two cigars and drank a liter of vodka. And mm -hmm. I think that was true. So speaking of people who are absolutely obstinate, you wanted to talk about American hero Tommy Tuberville today, <laughs> who will not bow down in the face of pressure, which is amazing for an Alabama Republican senator. I know we've talked about Tuberville's stand, which is actually coming in on a year. He started this first in March where he was blocking uh, military appointments, essentially, much to the horror of the How Pentagon. How dare he? Yes, uh, because the Pentagon, after the Dobbs decision came down, said, we are going to pay for the travel of our employees Defense Department employees, or is it, is, is it just, is it military overall? Yeah. Military overall to travel. We'll pay the travel expenses for them to go get abortions. They'll pay for tickets, hotels, car rentals, um, and they'll put, I think, I think illegally, yeah. taxpayer dollars to, to fund the uh, obtaining abortion. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Tuberville st said, if you don't revoke this, I'm going to block every appointment. It's a facilitation of abortion is what the Catholic Church would call it on its list of sins. So it's shocking. Again, Tommy Tuberville is fairly new here in I DC. thought he was just going to be a celebrity Republican. I thought he was going to be. I did not expect him to be the hardest man in Washington. I totally expected a Luther Strange type, uh, business <laughs> right. friendly. Yeah, big Luther is oh. what Trump draws. But he's an you know, Alabama Republican. There's a, you know... Katie Britt, for example, not exactly staunch, or I don't expect no, she She worked for Richard Shelby. Like California and Massachusetts and other safe blue states to send us the craziest psychopaths you've had, like the bluest lunatics you've ever met. And safe Republicans send you oftentimes like a guy who probably would have registered as a Democrat if you lived in a blue state, but wanted to win in politics or became a Republican. It's, and that is not Tommy Tuberville, as no, we've learned. No, it is not. In all, the face of all of the criticism that he's gotten from Republicans, Mitch McConnell is furious about this. It has spilled into public a couple of times, uh, many times actually by now. It immediately spilled into public, by the way, which is such a perfect distillation of the dynamics in the Republican Party, which is to say, this is the fault of the Pentagon. And you are taking your anger out on to Tommy Tuberville, who is... Standing with your base, your voters, and with the the morally correct side of this He's issue. He's not radical. He just said, don't change this. The Department of Defense does not, 
should not be providing abortions. They can change it at any time. They they could. could. They can walk back this policy at any time. If they think that the military is actually under threat, then they would cede to civilian control on this issue and allow these and he would allow those promotions to go through. So what's the new update here? Uh, He's been stabbed in the back four ways. Well, two from the front and two from the back. Um, E2, Mitch. Over the last couple of weeks, he's come under just blistering, constant attack from uh, very unimpressive colleagues like Joni Ernst. And uh, okay, well, we disagree on Joni Ernst, yeah, but I she know, shouldn't be attacking. Extremely unimpressive, unimpressive person. <laughs> and uh, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, who just loves a Boeing uniform, has been pretty hard on him. Uh, they've the Republicans are attacking him as opposed to the administration, as opposed to the Pentagon, uh, over and over on this, and then. You have the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, Reauthorization Act that comes up. And according to folks I've talked to, Tuberville had the votes in the Senate, Republican votes, to strip the funding for this mm-hmm. out of that. The House of Representatives, the slim Republican majority, passed an NDAA which, which had that provision in it, that mm-hmm. no more funds could be allowed for this. The Senate ignored that. Mm-hmm. And at that point... They go to conference where they decide to try to tweak out the differences between the House bill and the Senate bill, and then they pass it and send it to the president. Uh, Schumer said, I don't want to have a vote on this mm-hmm. NDA. We're just going to have a conference. There's going to be no voting. I know that we're senators and congressmen. We don't actually vote here in D.C. McConnell agreed. Much to my disappointment, it seems that Johnson agreed. New Speaker of the House, supposedly a stalwart social conservative, someone who I kind of thought would be able to would be the kind of guy most likely to back Tuberville of any Speaker of the House in recent history. Actually worked for Alliance Defending Freedom. Yeah, absolutely great religious. Did some time in the trenches and is completely AWOL in this fight. I'm really starting to get bad vibes. Like the first time John Boehner spoke, and I was I was still young and impressionable, so I was I was excited that Republicans were in charge in the Obama years, like everything's gonna be better. And I see this this dude just weeping. And I'm like, oh man. That was like my first taste of no, nothing's getting better. Like, absolutely nothing's getting better. And I'm starting to get that feeling from Johnson. I'm I'd love to be surprised, but right now his in in the interest of not rocking the boat, he has betrayed it looks like he's set to betray Tuberville on this. So they're going to blast through it, and then what they're not going to strip it in the NDA. So it's basically Tuberville at this point is looking at defeat because the Senate, including at least nine Republicans, Politico's report that includes 10, is going to vote to change the rules of the Senate so that the Senate becomes the House of Representatives. But just on this one issue and just right. for a limited period of time, right. and they no longer need 60 votes to promote all of these military guys, by the way, some of which Russ Votes Group has discovered are extremely committed to woke ideologies <laughs> and critical race theory and all this garbage. But they just want to rush them through. And Tuberville does not want to see that happen. He doesn't want the Senate to change the rules. He's staring at defeat. He knows that Republicans' commitment to the Pentagon is sacrosanct and Little babies getting aborted on taxpayer dollars it can just take a back seat. So I suspect that in the next couple of days, he's been dropping this and hinting this, that he's going to come up. He would he would rather surrender, which is against every bone in his body uh, and his personality. He would rather surrender on this than break the Senate in his first year in office. 
As a listener of Federalist Radio Hour, you've definitely heard about this digital dollar idea that's being talked about. It's all the rage here in Washington, D.C. It's the one where the government monitors and could control your purchasing and your financial activity. Now, visit goldco.com slash Federalist to get your free 2023 gold IRA kit today or call 855-618-1030. You can get up to $10,000 in free silver with qualified orders. And unlike a digital dollar, precious metals, we're talking here about physical gold and silver, they can't be manipulated with the click of a button. So diversify with physical gold or silver from Gold Co. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty, which is definitely right now. So the 2023 Gold IRA Kit shows you how to diversify some of your hard-earned money with physical gold and silver, even if it's still in a retirement account. And as an American citizen, you could get up to $10,000 in free silver with qualified orders. So educate yourself about all of these options. You can go to goldco.com slash Federalist to get your free 2023 Gold IRA Kit today or call 855-618-1030. Unlike the digital dollar, precious metals cannot be manipulated with the click of a button. So visit goldcode.com slash Federalist or call 855-618-1030. That's goldcode.com slash Federalist or call 855-618-1030. It's, I mean, so this is against the backdrop of something important, which is uh, because of the Kevin McCarthy conflict and now the Mike Johnson's Mike Johnson's young speakership, uh, they have to now pass so much legislation <laughs> by the end of the year. Uh, Johnson wants to do that tiered formula, right, Chris? That laddered formula where you pass one round. Um, but Republicans also don't want to do omnibuses; they want to do single subject appropriation bills, which was part of their original. <laughs> no one knows McCarthy. how to do that anymore. Yeah, it's like, crazy. How many congressmen are? How many members of Congress were around last time there was a regular process, which is 20 years ago, I think? Yeah, and the other thing to keep Probably in mind... Like 20 congressmen? Oh, yeah. And part of all of this is that Mike Johnson now has to negotiate between the rock and hard place of, you know, the hard place being that the Republican base uh, is, is tired of blank checks, to borrow a McCarthy phrase, to Ukraine. There needs to be money going to Israel. Again, the base wants to see military support for Israel, financial support for Israel. Uh, The base wants to see immigration reform that's serious and not reform in the Washington sense, which Democrats will try to come to the table on sending more money to the border, sending more money to the border border patrol, stuff like that, instead of actually reforming asylum laws like HR2 would do. That's a bill the Republicans in the House passed and they have that on the table right now. It's going to be a non-starter with Democrats, as Democrats have already said. So all of this is happening as there's a rush to pass a flurry of bills. And this is one thing that Republicans are so exhausted with and fed up with Tommy Tuberville. They are if they're fed up with anything. It's Tommy Tuberville and Lindsey Graham sort of gets some cred from the conservative movement and the pro-life movement because it's sort of an expectations versus reality thing. He's been surprisingly good as people see it on life over the years. That man 
was righteously indignant about what happened to Brett Kavanaugh. He was the Tommy Tuberville of the Kavanaugh hearings, of the Kavanaugh confirmation. Graham? Yeah, Lindsey Graham was. Yeah, Graham 2.0 or Graham 3.0. Remember, Graham was running for re-election at that time. Great point. He also, uh, he was out every single week raising money with Sean Hannity. He just wants to get some money for his friends in the war. You should do your South Carolina accent in front of the South Carolina friend we're about to have lunch with, because I think you're going to get tossed out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, South Carolina has a thing with its senators. One of them, one of them supposedly has a girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Chris, what were you going to say? Ran for president just long enough to prove that. Oh my gosh. Go ahead. That's all I've got. That's not all you got. You were typing away on your little iPad. Oh, I was looking up uh, an event that I wanted to talk about later that happened last night because you reminded me with Ukraine. Uh, a friend of mine invited me. He's a good friend. He's down from New York to go to a national review party for a new book called The Sun Will Rise. Not The Sun Also Rises. <laughs> it's about a different war. So it's, a fa- it's a fiction account okay. uh, about the Ukraine war okay. by an Australian correspondent. About like the courageous victory in Ukraine. Lots of Australians on Below Deck. And I just thought... Is there, then there's Below Deck Dianenda? I thought it was just so perfect. I, I, did, I could not attend, unfortunately. That it was so perfect <laughs> they wouldn't that have at you. this point in 2023, with like the House representatives uh, no longer wanting to fund this Ukraine war, the Republicans in the Senate starting to come around to it. All these people who like called me and Molly Hemingway and other people like Russia supporters for saying this is a dumb war. It wasn't going to go well. Uh, are starting to change their minds. And it's gotten to a point so dire that National Review is literally hosting fan fiction, Ukraine war parties. <laughs> fan fiction. What else is that? The, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's what it sounds like. Um, in real time, it's, uh, it's a lot of coping. I see a lot of coping going on in D.C. Moscow Molly. I'll never miss an opportunity to call her that. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was out there. I got into some arguments. Um, probably one of the only... Times I've ever argued with uh, Kim Strassel. Chernobyl Chris. Yeah, right. Was, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to do alliteration. This, was, this is a, a dumb war that wasn't necessarily in America's just interests. But uh, that was it. That was what I was talking about. <laughs> you wanted, okay. You wanted to use the phrase fan fiction, I think, I, I giggle, of, of all the things. I, I learned about this event two days ago. It happened last night. And I just giggle every time it comes up. I think really, though, this is... From Mike, so pretend you're Mike Johnson right now. You're juggling Ukraine. You're juggling, juggling Israel. You're juggling the border. I understand he's got a lot of balls in the air. But you're also juggling Matt Gates. And I'm not. I'm not saying this in a way. I I agree. I think there's been some. And the seriously, hero, Congressman Santos. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that too. Uh, I I think there have been some seriously like, troubling signs so far. Uh, but also, this is Republicans. I mean, I don't want to blame Republicans here. But in some sense, I'm not saying like they're a very unimpressive lot. I don't care about the Kevin McCarthy stuff. I think it was tactically stupid. I think they would be in a much better position right now if Kevin McCarthy was negotiating this. But I also don't really care that you know some people had real you know not just Matt Gates personal gripes, but there were real gripes about what happened in May with the debt ceiling deal. So I, I understand all of that. But the fact that what Republicans are so eager to dispense with is a popular, with their base, stand against Pentagon idiocy in the face of Chris, as you said, as you said, 
The Pentagon, if they thought, they have sent all of their surrogates into the media over the course of the last six months. They're basically um, called the Revolt that. traitor. Call him a traitor and say that this is harming the national security of the United States. So if you are at the Pentagon and you are faced with something, let's take them at their word, that is genuinely harming the national security of the United States, and you can either get rid of abortion travel, which is probably used by maybe a dozen people a year, you can either get rid of that or they refuse to provide any data on it. Exactly. Yeah, they they won't provide data. They say it's, they say military readiness. Military readiness. Like, okay, prove it. So they how many can, people are even using this? They can get rid of that and immediately solve their problem. Have all of their nominees just fast tracked through the Senate. The Lloyd Austin's an ideologue, and so is the president on this. You think Lloyd? Okay, I, I don't know. I don't mean this as a leading question. You think Lloyd Austin is an ideologue? Because my yes, very much so. I don't know that he's a pro-abortion ideologue so much as he's a pro-institution ideologue. Which is how dare you take a stand against my institution? You got to look up the footage. We talked about this the other day. Of him reviewing troops in the Philippines wearing a face mask and a visor. Now to have no, not great. to have the Secretary of Defense dressed up like a mentally ill liberal woman is so <laughs> embarrassing. And like that's we all knew. We all lived through COVID. The people who wore face masks were crazy people and ideologues. You come here every Thursday just to air your grievances on a weekly basis, which that'll yeah. be coming up later this month. I by can't the way. wait. I forgot about yeah. that. But it's just a sign. It's a sign of serious mental illness <laughs> to be doing that and just like, extreme devotion to the cause. When was it? Um, long after I stopped wearing a mask. <laughs> okay, well, that doesn't tell me much. I can Google it. Why don't you, why don't you filibuster for a minute? Filibuster while you Google Lloyd Austin. I don't know. I think Austin's a lot of it. Stupid mask. Let's see if that pulls up. <laughs> I think a lot of it really is, though, that. There's this idea, because again, the Pentagon could get rid of this. It probably affects a dozen people a year. And in a way, by the way, that is arguably illegal. It's July 2021. Uh, <laughs> not great. Not great. Did the Philippines have a rule? I don't know. We're not going to get to the bottom of this. He looks like one oh, of... Oh, okay. You're talking about a visor. Lloyd Austin is wearing a full face visor. Full face visor and a mask. He looks, I mean, he's, he looks like a... A visor like a mask cheesy with a mask se- under prequels it. villain in Star Wars. I thought you meant he just had a mask on and was wearing like an army visor or something. No, he actually is wearing one of the face mask Full visors. Face mask. He looks like a, a translucent Darth Vader, and, and then like he's a, wearing a mask. Like under a bad it. guy in Spaceballs. That's exactly what he looks like. Yes. Okay. So it, get this in <laughs> your what mind. What his luggage coat is? And he's he's sort of walking very regally, uh, but he has this ridiculous Darth Vader fa- translucent face mask. And on, this, yes. you know, this is actually I think it might be one of the things that started. The shift in kind of Republican opinion about the Pentagon, because mm-hmm. Tucker went after this. Mm-hmm. Tucker had been going after Lloyd Austin for being ideologue for a while, and that was like insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're supposed to genuflect before the military if you're a Republican, and Tucker started to notice, hey, these guys are yes, these guys are going nuts. And but this is the one he got in a lot of trouble for because because uh, he's like he went on this rant about like well if Lloyd Austin's actually so concerned about covid there's one thing that we do know that is links to morbidity and that's obesity <laughs> and he said not only is he stupid but he's a pig oh, not gosh. only a pig but he's stupid and just laughed and people <laughs> went bonkers but then 24 hours later after all the pundits started started saying like oh, how dare he how dare he the dust settled and most republicans were like yeah i actually was right I actually think that's what this is about, though, for like the Lindsey Grahams and the Lloyd Austins, is that like, how dare you not genuflect? 
How dare you? We are not giving in to the crazies, the, the sort of MAGA crazies on this abortion travel issue, but not even abortion travel. We're not giving into them on Tuberville specifically. We're not giving into it, giving into them because if we do that, then by golly, Ukraine will fall. <laughs> like they're genuinely afraid of the sort of Tucker-esque sentiment that has taken hold in the Republican base. And they don't want to cave one inch um, because they are staunch institutionalists. The Pentagon is their thing. You know, it's like when... The Pentagon's, they think the Pentagon's got a little magic bubble around it that protects it from the woke rot that's just destroying institutions across the world. It's like when you have a nickname for your brother and someone else uses it. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm the only one that's allowed to... Is this a thing between you and your brother? No, I, I don't actually have any nicknames for him, but it, it's Never? like... It, I don't think so, but it's like... Like sport? You, slugger? <laughs> like those nicknames that... Neglectful fathers give the kids that they, whose names they can't keep straight. <laughs> I think I called him Bud when he was little. He's four years younger than me. Try that, and men. Try that in a fight with your wife someday. Like use those and like, all right, easy there, sport. slugger. <laughs> all right, sport. Hang on there, pal. <laughs> hey, champ. <laughs> take a breather. It's wild. Let's take a knee. It's wild. <laughs> it's like uh, there's an instant chemical reaction in the female brain if you do that to them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is what the institutionalists see this as. It's like. You know, this is not yours to criticize. This is ours to run. Let us keep the keys. And you keep your grubby little paws off what we're doing over here because we know what's best. And you are poisoned uh, by the radicals, the MAGA radicals who, who think maybe so much blood shouldn't be spilled over the Donbass. Maybe, maybe not. Well, it looks like that war is going to be wrapping down. I mean, poor Zelensky, right? What happens to him? No, not poor Zelensky. I mean, he's all along. I have understood. I just think he's going to have a, a furtive final couple of years. <laughs> I, all along, I've, have, I've understood Zelensky so much more than I've understood Lindsey Graham groveling at the feet of Zelensky. Or not just Graham, you know, Susan Collins, any but of Graham our, gave us Chuck insight. Schumer. Because Zelensky is doing what you would expect the president if you are a Ukrainian. Actually, I didn't expect it. So kudos to him. I thought he was going to flee with a couple million bucks. No. But no, he stayed. Not yet. Well, I mean, eventually he's going to have to because Putin doesn't like shake and make up, hug and make up. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it doesn't, I mean. Are you not a Putin fan? Me? No. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any kind of searing hatred for him like other people do. Mm, you probably should. Why? What do you mean why? He hates He's not us. nice? He, he he instigated a completely bloodthirsty invasion that has led to tens of thousands that of That sounds deaths. like a problem of reason for someone from Ukraine to hate Putin. Okay, well. I just, I mean, I think there's, it's there's a good a reason for anybody to hate. There. There's a lot of bad dudes out there. Also, I feel a little, I mean, there's just so much mindless, seething hatred of him in Washington, D.C. Well, no, I, I get it. That he's, the, he's the avatar for all things bad. Yeah, you know? and I think that's stupid. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see him that way. definitely worse world leaders than uh, out there than Putin. People, Justin Trudeau, for example, <laughs> <laughs> the scourge of the truckers. Yeah, but this is. I mean, so they they the have butcher of British Columbia. <laughs> you were thinking so hard. Before I was trying to come that. up with something. Yeah, but so the curse of Calgary. You're really you're expecting next week some of this to flare up. Next, what, what, like, we're talking early next week? Tuberville's? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with this, basically, it stinks. It's sad. He made a brave stand. It's over. Um, 
that started to fall when the Republicans went out and just blasted him on TV every night. You know, every single day I miss Tucker Carlson being on Fox News. I think the Republican primary would have been dramatically different. The Republican primary would have been dramatic, dramatically different. You wouldn't have, uh, you would, uh, J.D. Vance would have passed this train bill like easily. Oh my Tucker God. just would have <laughs> blasted people like Ted Cruz for getting in the way. Uh, the populist lost a really strong ally. Tuberville would be, if not him, then surrogates for him, because Tucker hated interviewing politicians because they're not very good interview subjects, uh, would be on there. Lindsey Graham and Joni Ernst and company would be getting slammed from the top slot. And so I miss him uh, on that. He drove the narrative in a really important way on some of these issues. Like it, it, He's still driving the narrative on X, but still, we're not at the point where that fully replaces the potency of a primetime cable. Well, I'm looking cable forward to his, his new product, which is supposed to be launching fairly soon. Yeah. Well, uh, you would know. But I'm missing him on that, and it, it's over. I mean, at this point, now that they're going to conference, we can point out that it's insane that Republicans are taking the Department of Defense's position on abortion over their own base. We can think it's insane that Senate senators and congressmen decided not to vote on something. And just to do it shadily, we can think it's a letdown. I know we've got a lot of balls in there that Johnson didn't come in and do something about it. And we'll see. I mean, there's still time to see. He could he could go in a really bad direction. He still has time to potentially yeah. swerve in a really good direction, too. Yeah, I get that he didn't. Uh, he, he took over a burning ship with an American public, including Republican voters. And I think this did play in the uh, last election, who are fed up with just ridiculous Republican infighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks so And I weak. think Tuberville will probably this week or next and avoid the breaking of the Senate to let, um, I think the latest news is that he'll let, he floated letting nominations through except for four-star generals. By the way, we don't need more four-star generals. Are we fighting World War II? Hey, everybody. This is Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. Thanks so much for listening to the Federalist Radio Hour. We could all benefit from heart-healthy energy, and one of the best ways to do that is by supporting your blood pressure and circulation. Super Beats Heart Shoes are an easy and convenient way to support healthy blood pressure. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in Super Beats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. Folks, I take my Super Beats with me everywhere. They are delicious. They come in like little squares and foil and you just put them in your pocket. You can take them with you anywhere and everywhere. You take them out, take them in the morning and you feel great all day long. If I'm in New York, if I'm in Florida, if I'm in Chicago, if I'm in LA, I've got my super beats with me. They're plant-based and stimulant free. So you get a productive heart, healthy green boost without the jitters. Double your potential with Super Beats Heart Shoes. Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes and a free full-sized bag, listen to this, of turmeric chews valued at $25 by going to americalovesbeats.com. Can't beat that. Get this exclusive offer only at americalovesbeats.com. That's americalovesbeats.com. I mean, I mean, that is just absolutely pathetic that we cannot, the Republican Party can't stand up for its base for a second to the point where there's a, you, you can't do any of this without threatening institutional changes to parliamentary procedure. I mean, it just completely, which is not, you know, as set in stone as some people act like it is, but it's still just 
we cannot do anything anymore. We cannot do anything. The media can't tell the truth about this, which is not entirely unsurprising because most of their sources are people in the Pentagon and the intelligence community on these issues. So of course they're taking the framing, but the framing on this for an average American, that would be most helpful. I'm not even talking about for a Republican voter, for your average American, that would be most helpful and would be most uh, neutral and honest is that there's a completely radical policy, the failing Pentagon implemented. One Republican senator standing up against it, and the Pentagon is instead crying national security emergency. Well, I'm glad we get to talk about it here, and I'm glad we get to write, you get to write about it at the Federalist. I'm glad Molly's been able to do so much, because when Jim DeMint was making stands like this back in the day by himself, a disliked man and, and, and the, amongst his colleagues, but now probably the most popular senator in South Carolina, Partially because he's retired. Politicians always get more popular when <laughs> they're retired. Helps. But he's a, a, a great man. Uh, there was no one really backing uh, Jesse Helms when he would <laughs> pick just random appointees and say, <laughs> this person doesn't get their job until I get this thing. Um, so it's it's good that there's someone to stand up for. There's some people to talk about this. But it it, it just just like the mask picture. <laughs> Laid bare exactly like what kind of person Lloyd Austin is. This lays bare what kind of people a lot of these Republican senators and congressmen are, what they care about. And Congress, for their part, strip it. So it's on the the Senate. And the Senate, uh, everyone always knows. See, Tuberville is new to D.C., so he didn't know that the most sacred thing in D.C., aside from abortion for Democrats, is the Pentagon budget for Republicans. Yeah. Christopher Bedford, executive editor over at the Common Sense Society. I learned something today over Thanksgiving. Many we had things. an iHeart Media executive over and she said, hey, by the way, tell your listeners to, to go in their app and reach your podcast five stars if they like it because yeah. it, it pushes up the ability to get notifications for it. That is absolutely true. And I always feel uh, bad like plugging it because I just appreciate it. I appreciate people listening. Give Emily five stars. <laughs> give, us, give us five stars. Uh, I just appreciate people listening seriously. Um, so I'm not as good about that as I should be. But thank you, Chris, for a reminder. Yeah, it does help us a lot if you rate and review the podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe. I'll do it right now. Of course you will. Uh, you're a tech executive after all. You know exactly <laughs> how to do it. I don't know how to download a podcast. <laughs> well, also, that's a good reminder. Send us your emails to radio at the Federal if you have anything you want Chris to address in his annual airing of grievances, he does not need a prompt. Obviously, he can do this without any prompting whatsoever at any time of the day. At a drop of a hat, he can air his grievances for at least one hour. But he will be doing it as we approach Christmas. So thank you guys all for listening. We really do appreciate it very much. I'm Emily Jashinsky, culture editor here at The Federalist. We'll be back soon with more. Until then, be lovers of freedom and anxious for the fray. 